Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yoshua Eisenberg, where for today's issue we are going to be having a conversation about infertility, halacha, and an absolutely invaluable schus that we can all take part and have a chalik in. And speaking of schusim, it is an absolutely incredible schus and covered for me to welcome our special guest, Pua's Rabbinic Advisor of America, who is gracing the database with an interview under a very busy schedule. Thank you for joining us, Harav Ilan Siegelman. It is an absolute pleasure to be here, um, not just as the rabbinic uh, advisor, director of Pua, but as a chaver, a yedid. Um, we go back a long time, and it's a real pleasure and an honor to be here, to be schmoozing with you, to be on the show. So thank you very much. I was actually going to say um, that it's, uh, for me, it's uh, also a great experience because I was going to say that we have a unique relationship. I feel as though in a very, um, in a very real way that we have the relationship of a, a Rebbe and a Chaver. Not necessarily a Chaver equal in stature, but I feel like not just being a Rebbe, but I feel like the relationship we have, uh, the comfort, the, the, the Reos, on the level of Reos, I feel very, very close with Rebbe. Um, I've gotten to know um, Rebbe to be an incredible Baal Eitzah, um, whether it was just about life in general or complicated Shilos and Hilchas Nida, I've gotten to know Rebbe in his facet as a Shaul Lameshev and as a Shul Rav. So um, it's really um, it's wonderful to have Rebbe here. I've also had the opportunity to get to know um, to, to know Pua's senior advisor, Rav Gidon Weitzman Shlita, and it is a pleasure and honor to have Rebbe here right now. Okay, so now, um, so let's talk a little bit about Pua. Um, we have um, a Nisayon among Kla Yisrael, among many other Nisayonos, one a Nisayon of infertility. And um, Nisayonos come in different shapes and sizes, and um, no one can say that my Nisayon is worse than anyone else's. But this is one that plagues uh, many uh, members of Kla Yisrael. And whenever people hear about infertility in the Jewish community, think they naturally think of Pua. But what I want to know is, what exactly, for our listeners, tell us about Pua, what does Pua mean, what does Pua do? Thank you. Yeah, Pua is an organization which is dedicated to helping couples, and singles for that matter, navigate their fertility challenge. And there can be so many different challenges out there, so many different issues that people face. And our goal, our mission, is to literally be there from the first call where the couple or the individual is lost, broken, looking for a looking for guidance until that that very last phone call where they come to inform us that there is a, a bris, that there is a a baby naming whatnot, and they want us to participate in the simcha and everything in between. Um, originally Pua was founded by Rav Menachem Borstein in Eretz Yisrael, and it was a response to the, um, the the new baby that was born from IVF about 40 years ago. And when the first baby, first IVF baby was born, Louise Brown, so it raised so many different questions and shilas that people started to ask the Gedolim, is this something that we could take advantage of? Is this something that we could exercise? Is this something we could celebrate? And very... Uh, it was very common for the Gidole HaPoskim to say no, not because they were mean, or machmer, but there was so much confusion, there was so much uh, unknown about fertility, what was actually going on, that they weren't comfortable enough with giving a heter. To which the chief rabbi, Sephardic chief rabbi at the time, Ramor Mordechai Eliyahu, 
uh, approached Rabbi Borstein and said, "Let's let's let's fig- let's figure this out. Let's figure out a way where the where Klal Yisrael can utilize and embrace such technology in order to have children, and let's do it in a halachic fashion." And that's really how Pua began, going into the labs, making sure everything was done correctly, uh, making sure that there was uh, all the shilas that needed to be addressed were addressed. And the Shilohs were brought to Gedolei Poskim, and that's really where it evolved into an organization that has just has their tentacles in every single aspect of fertility life, Tyrus and Mishpacha, you name it. And that type, you know, that, those types of Shilohs, Pu has the experience that they've spoken to the Gedolim to make sure that Klal Yisrael can be serviced, that there are there is an address for anyone in Klal Yisrael. To ask these questions, and you know, fast forward about 35 years, we have an office in, uh, you know, a major office in in, in the United States. We have um, an office in Australia, in France. Uh, we just opened up a branch in Mexico, uh, in England. So really, all over, uh, all over the world, we have relationships with doctors, with labs, representatives of PUA, helping the Jewish community navigate these issues. We don't want anyone to do this alone. We don't want you to do this without guidance, whether it's medical guidance or halachic guidance. And we don't want anyone to be unsuccessful. And that really is our goal. That's our mission. And, and Baruch Hashem, it's a zchos. You spoke about zchos before. It's a zchos for me to be part of this organization where I think I could safely say no week goes by where we don't hear a besura tova. We don't hear a very, very good news, whether it's someone is newly expecting, whether it's someone had a baby. Uh, Baruch Hashem, it's, uh, it's an unbelievable zchos for me to to participate and for me to serve in the capacity that I do for such an amazing organization. Amazing. And I definitely want to hear more about that. I know I had the opportunity to get just an inkling of all of this when I, uh, when I participated in PUA's summer course um, on Taras Mishpacha and infertility at Hilchas Nida. It was an incredible experience for me. Um, but I want to just also ask about regarding the name, the name PUA. Where does that come from? Does that stand for something? Can Rebbe tell me about question. that? Good, good question. So a lot of people just automatically assume, oh, Pua, like one Shifra of the, uh, yeah, yeah Shifra, Pua, actually the Australian, the uh, branch in Australia is, um, is called Shifra. But, uh, so we have Shifra and Pua, but uh, really what it, what it really stands for is a, it's an acronym for Puriyut Urufua Alpi Halacha. So fertility and medicine, Alpi Halacha. And as I said before, that really was the opening mission to help couples engage in reproductive technology, Alpi Halacha, because that really was inhibiting, that was preventing them from doing so, not getting the Haskama from the postgame. So this organization was created to address those challenges, to navigate them, and to open those doors. So Puriyut Urufu Alpi Halacha, and that's what we have today, Pua. It's very interesting because, um, I mean, the, the acronym is awesome, but um, in terms of, you know, Pua, speaking of uh, Miriam Hanavia, who this week's Parsha, Parsha Schukas, um, where we, um, uh, we have the memory of her passing, but what we know about um, Pua from, you know, just from Chumash and from Rashi was that not like, um, you know, ship from Pua, they were the ones that were keeping the babies alive, they were making sure babies would be born, but what Pua had uniquely was that she was the one who was literally just being there for the baby, just to, for, for the purpose of the comfort, just to show the baby that, that I'm still 
there, you know, the poo-pooing, the making the noises with the baby as the baby would cry. And I think this also, in a sense, speaks to the other uh, features and, and facets of Pua, that Pua is not just about um, the halacha and the addressing the infertility, but Pua um, has, has counseling, right? They're, they're, they're there for the couples just to speak. Absolutely. It used to be that the Rabbanim, who were the rabbinic advisors, were trained, you know, it's interesting, they actually have a, they have a policy, they basically keep to it, um, but for many, many years there was a, there was a, a very strong policy in place that the, the Rabbanim who serve as rabbinic advisors have to also be shul Rabbanim, because they felt, the organization felt, that being a shul Rav gives you a certain exposure and a certain sensitivity, how to deal with people, how to counsel and guide and support people, more so than than perhaps someone else. So for many years that was the that was the rule, and for the most part it's 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 uh, adhered adhered to. But beyond that, a few years ago, we realized that exactly as you mentioned that the the need for more emotional support was so important. And it's not enough that you just have a rabbi who can talk to you, but people need to connect in a very deep way with someone who's really uh, you know an expert in mental health. In, in, in giving that emotional support that these couples or these individuals need. Um, so we started what's called the Pua Cares Team. And the Pua Cares Team is a group of licensed professionals, social workers, therapists, who have their own lives, have their own practices, but they dedicate hours from their day to speak with, to counsel, to guide, to meet with couples or people who are going through these challenges because we do recognize how important uh, how important that that journey is, it, you know, irrespective and independent of the the medical cha- the physical medical challenges or the difficult halachic issues that they may face or the financial stress, they, they they have to go home every night and face a husband, a wife, parents, and and it can take such a toll on on all of those relationships. It is so critical that there's someone who is able to su- supply and and provide support. For these people, so that's really what the Pua Cares done. It Pua Cares team has done and continues to do so successfully. And uh, um, you know, you mentioned you mentioned the uh, the campaign, our upcoming campaign, raising a million dollars in Mitzvah Shem. Part of that, you know, those funds are specifically to enhance the emotional support uh, wing of the you know the division of the organization because we we recognize and appreciate how important that is. So Bezras Hashem, we will talk more about the campaign, which is um, why we're here. Um, what I wanted to go back to is something that Rebbe mentioned about communicating with the postkin. Right? A lot of couples, um, perhaps they, they, they reach a certain point um, before, they, you know, before they find out about Pua, where they might feel like, oh, you know, this, uh, this mitzvah might just not be meant for me. You know, they, you know, they accept the, the tzidok hadin, but obviously the hishtadlus has to be there for this mitzvah rabbah, which a Ravu is described as a mitzvah rabbah, something that the post can take very, very seriously. So whatever can be done to, to reach that destination of creating this incredible mitzvah rabbah, so we, we go through whatever it is that we can. And Rebbe's had the schluss of... of Seeing the process of communication with the postkin, probably um, I imagine directly speaking with the postkin. Um, does does Rebbe have any um, interesting um, experiences or reports to speak about? About uh, maybe any stories with the postkin or any machlokas ma- ma- poskim that uh, the pua has had to tend to? Maybe um, anything that Rebbe could share about that. 
That's a loaded question. We could literally sit here for hours. And as, as, uh, as I think you know from our shul, um, every Shal Shudas is dedicated to another one of what we call Lapua Shaila. And uh, every week, you know, people come, even some non-members come, to hear just what was the Shaila of the week, how was it dealt with, which postcom were, were contacted, what was the discussion about it. I had a very, I had a very interesting conversation with Vivasha Weiss a few weeks ago, and um, <coughs> the, the question was regarding um, a certain shidduch with a woman who was born without a uterus. There is a gener- there is a uh, genetic disease condition called Meyer-Rakatansky syndrome, in which a woman is born without a uterus, and um, obviously she obviously she won't be able to carry unless she has a uterine transplant. But which is which is at this point very experimental, very expensive, high, un, unrealistic to say the least. Um, not impossible, but unre, unrealistic. And there was a whole halachic discussion about whether you could marry someone in such a situation. And Rav Usher said, we, we have to take a step back here. He said, we have to recognize that if you tell a woman without a uterus that she can never get married, he said, in my book, that's Dine Nefashos. In my book, that's that's like telling a woman that that you know you have no re- there's no reason for you to live. Get out of here, and he said that's not an option. So he said, you know that 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 response, that type of response to the Shaila, you could view Shaila's as strictly halachic, strictly you know look on the page. What do the poskim say? What do the nosekalim say? Etc. And you could take a step back, take a, a a broader perspective, and realize we're dealing with people's lives here. We're dealing with people's lives. We're dealing with people's emotions, their well-being, their their sanity, and that's also important. And I think one of the most amazing things about Pua is that halacha is not a one-size-fits-all experience. You know, some rabbanim view halacha as very black and white. It doesn't matter who's calling. It doesn't matter what the story is. You ask a Shaila, here's the answer. With Pua, it's very different. We have callers from every spectrum, every flavor, every color of, of every walk of life. We have people who are not Shomer Shabbos, have never been Shomer Shabbos, and we have people who are Hasidim, who know nothing but Hasidus, and everything in between. And no two callers, I mean, I, I know that you have your experience in Psach Halacha as well. I mean, I'm sure you know that situations do make a difference. And the circumstances do make a difference where the caller is coming from, where they're holding, what the, you know, what they're going through. Everything has to be considered. And part of Pua's mission from the very, from the very onset, from the get-go uh, of, of the organization, it was always geared towards fielding the caller, acknowledging, recognizing, and appreciating who the caller is and giving a psak appropriate to that caller. If it was a Svaradi, there was a Svaradi psak. If it was an Ashkenazi, it was an Ashkenazi psak. If it was Hasidisha, there was a Hasidisha psak, etc. So, you know, that that broad perspective is something that 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 I appreciate, that I love, you know, working for Pua because it makes it, it, it just, it makes it so much real, much more real, so much more appropriate, so much more um, personal and befitting for each and every caller that they're really cared for in a custom tailored manner and not a you know and and not just a blanket response this is you know let me look on the page this is our policy yes no maybe so um so that that was a very interesting conversation that i had from from ravasha weiss and uh, as i said you know we could speak for hours and i don't want to i don't want to take too much time i don't want to uh, you know take over take over the show but but everyone's invited to challenge 
<laughs> Everyone's invited to Shal Shittis. Um I mean, I, don't, I also don't know, I apologize for not knowing all of the, the nature of the listenership, but, you know, just fascinating Shilas such as, I just, I'll tell you the last Shabbos, last Shabbos is Shiloh, which is just entertaining. Please. So you get a little glimpse of the, 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 the nature of the questions that, that could come in. Um, um, a woman, you know, very different, very different. We have Shilas that come in from married people, from 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 single people. We had a Shiloh of a, about a woman who um, who was unfortunately she was um, molested as a child, and she is uh, petrified uh, of getting pregnant, um, and um, she's trying to date and she's trying to overcome her fears, but it it, it manifests itself in a, in a in a severe form of OCD and anxiety. And um, she, every time she dates, so she, 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 she gets too nervous. She has to end, she has to end the relationship. So she wanted to know whether it was permissible for her to uh, undergo what's called a tubal ligation, where they tie her tubes, uh, in order that she'll be able to date with a sense of tranquility, that calmness, knowing that she won't get pregnant, and then you know, be able to find her partner. Eventually, theoretically, she could get pregnant because you could still do IVF even if you don't have tubes because you could just take oh, the eggs wow. directly from See, that sounds ovary. very complex. Yeah, the question, so it really is a matter of weighing, is here too, weighing mental health and 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 the issue of serous, you know, you're not allowed to castrate yourself. Right. According to the gross, serous is an issue the raisa. According to most Rishonim, it's only an issue You know, weighing this Shaila in light of her difficult and, and very heavy her baggage, you know, how, how can we help her, how can we help her be successful in life and plunge forward without compromising halacha? You know, that, that really was a, a sophisticated, sophisticated Shaila. So, you know, and, and everything in between, you know, and people call us all the time for just basic, simple referrals. They, they, they want to know, they, the doctor told them to do a semen analysis. They want to know, is it the right time? Is it too early? How do they procure a sample right. according to halacha? I got a Shaila just this morning. Uh, a, woman is in, a woman is lined up to do an, what's called an IUI, an intrauterine insemination, and there's a possibility they won't know until later today that she may have to go in on Shabbos. So is she allowed to go in on Shabbos? Can she go Ayyidei Nachri? Can she take a cab? Must she push off the cycle? So we have really so many different Shailas. Hilchos wow. Shabbos, Hilchos Nida, Hilchos, you know, Ebenezer. It's, it's, really, it's all over. It's all over the place. It's all over the place. It, it's, it's, it keeps us on our toes. Wow, and it's that, that's amazing, and it's it's kind of like, you know, you think of a person, you know, p- people who don't know people suffering from infertility. You know, you know, we should we should not know people, we should not know the situation. But like, if you hear someone suffering from infertility, people think of infertility as a diagnosis, and obviously there could be a hundred different reasons why someone is suffering from infertility, and then Pua is not just addressing that. Right, it could be one of of a of hundred different diseases or, or or disorders. But now we're talking about the psychological aspect, all the different possibilities of what can go into why a person is uh, struggling. And then there's Hilchas Shabbos coming right out of left field. It's uh, totally. it's, it's, it's really incredible. Totally. So, so yeah. and and I guess we could be here for hours talking about the communication with the postgim or or about the moving stories about some of the incredible success stories of PUA. One thing I was wondering is um, what makes PUA unique among other organizations, Jewish or otherwise, 
that uh, you know serve uh, couples suffering from infertility. You know there are other organizations out there. Um, right now we're talking to Pua, and I want to hear. So what what, what does Pua um, do? Um, you know particularly different or or on a different level? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I really think that what makes us unique is number one the just the experience for being around for more than thirty years. Um, the experience I think is is just unparalleled. You have, uh, we have four Svarim called, uh, I'm sorry, three Svarim called Sefer Pua, four, uh, three out of five volumes, and four out of, uh, I don't know how many, they, don't, they didn't cap it yet, but four volumes of something called Shut Pua. Sefer Pua is just a Sefer Halacha with Halacha on the top and footnotes on the bottom. Covering all different, the Chilak Aleph is about Tarasim Mishpacha and fertility. Chilak Beis is about, um, is about, um, all different types of fertility treatment and the halachic analysis and the questions that, you know, that come up with, uh, throughout the fertility journey. Chilak Gimel is all about childbirth, labor, etc., nursing, etc., everything having to do with that and birth control. Um, four and five are coming out. The Shut is fascinating Shilas that have come uh, to Pua's desk, and were then blasted out to the Gedolei Yisrael. Their responses were collected and made into a sefer called Shiles and Shuvas Pua, and just that just is a, it's a, re- a reflection of the amazing and literally the astonishing history that we've had, the experience that we've had. Where Rabbanim, you know, they I, I get Shiles all 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 day from Rabbanim. It's just forward, like they get text messages forward to to me to my my uh, my colleagues. Anything that. That has to do with 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 fertility, with childbirth, with with um, yeah, with, with mishpacha. That's a little bit complicated, a little bit off the beaten path. You, you know, they they forward it to me, and and uh, you know, almost always can you find it? It's explicitly addressed in Sefer Pua. So there's that unbelievable history and experience that we have that we bring to the table, as well as the relationship with the doctors. But also, I want to go back to the thing I said before that it's not a one size fits all experience. I think Pua from inception has always prided themselves as the organization that will look at you as who you are, will recognize that you have your own story, you're holding in your own place, and the discussion, whether it's medical, the uh, discussion, whether it's halachic, has to be custom-tailored to you and your journey. And that's really what we spend our, you know, all of our days all of our hours of the day on okay. trying to deliver the most appropriate. I don't. I'll say psak, but psak doesn't just mean psak halacha. But right. the most, the most appropriate approach and um, and custom tailored guidance for that caller. Okay, thank you so much. So now tell us about the campaign. Where can we find Pua? How can we donate? Either for the upcoming campaign or just in general. So this campaign is a new is a new it's not new in the world of fundraising but it's new for Pua. We've never had a a crowdfunding campaign where we have members of the community take on team pages and share with their families and the reason why we chose this type of fundraiser is twofold. Number one, from a practical fundraising standpoint, we were advised that you could raise the most money doing this. But there's something beyond money for Pua. It's true that 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 we need the funds in order to continue to service Am Yisrael. But there's something else. There is a stigma associated with infertility. There is a sure. deep, you know, a dark cloud 
that is hovering and it's really not spoken about. Pua was actually instrumental in getting fertility to the Shabbos table. We're still working on it, right? We're still working on it, but normalizing it, having it become just part of day-to-day conversation, um, not that people are just saying, hey, good morning, how are you? Oh, good, I heard a nice, there was a nice article about infertility. Not necessarily like that, but at least when it comes up, people shouldn't be so uncomfortable and squeamish and move in their seats like it used to be. Now, Baruch Hashem, as Pua has been out there, has been, pro, have been have been advertising programming, which you know some of the some of the media get does still get uncomfortable. Oh, I don't know if we can post this. I don't know if we could share this. And we recognize and appreciate that we have to be sensitive, especially when we are advertising or promoting certain topics. Nevertheless, it's something that must be spoken about because all of those couples who suffer, and it's more than you think, you know, like 15%, whatever the, exactly the statistics are, one out of every seven couples, one out of every eight couples, tachlis, you know, halacha the Musar Haskell, we all know someone, probably we all know someone very close to us that's suffering with infertility. So breaking the stigma, having more people with team pages who are sending it out to more and more and more and more people doesn't just raise more funds, which I said are critical to help us service Am Yisrael, but also to get the message out there that this is something which is normal. This is something which is all over the place, and it's something that we need to step up and break that stigma, normalize it, and help our community raise awareness and raise the funds to help service all of those people. Because Baruch Hashem, we have seen Success. I'll just tell you one of the one of the first stories that ever happened to me. Very early on in my career at Pua, I was flown out to LA to give a talk to Rabbanim. So I myself, I was like petrified. You know, I never really spoke about uh, you know fertility before. It was gonna be my first time, and it wasn't like you know, it wasn't like you start in the minor leagues. Like I was starting in the major leagues. Yeah, I was I was being thrown into the lions then to a bun to uh, to Rabbanim in Los Angeles, and. I um, so I was nervous, and a yid comes over to me from Eretz Yisrael, and he asks me if I could give him a ride for when we land. Can I give him a ride to wherever he was going? And I said, "Listen, I'm really sorry. First of all, I've never been to LA before, so I don't know anything. I'm getting picked up, and also I, I'm on a tight schedule. I'm about to deliver a talk. I don't really have the, the you know the liberty to or the time to to the luxury to to take you where you need to go. I'm sorry." So he said, "Okay, no problem." He said, "What are you What are you talking about? What are you representing?" I said, "I work for an organization called Pua," and he he kind of like didn't really acknowledge it. He just didn't even like flinch. So I said, "Have you ever heard of Pua?" And he looked at me and he said, "Have you ever heard of Pua?" Of course, I've heard of Pua. He said, "I have five children. Every single one of my children is because of Pua." Wow. And I was like, okay, thank you. That was the chizuk that I needed to get off the plane, you know, go present. And Baruch Hashem was a successful, it was a successful event. It was a successful presentation. But that was like, wow. And we don't know. There's, there's this underground world. Anyone who's going through fertility knows there's an underground world. You know, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the morning, the fertility clinics are packed. So, and, and, and then people go to work and we don't speak about it. You know, there's no support. There's no, it's not out in the open. But the more that we can break that stigma and normalize it, the more successful and the, the more successful the couples will be. So this campaign is really that. It's twofold, to raise money and to raise awareness. Um, 
uh, there, I'm sure if you have a if you have a website, maybe we also, you have your own link, you have your own team page, yes. so maybe people can contact you. Also, if they go to our website, uh, puafertility.org, www.puahfertility.org, there will be a link there that will bring you to the Charity Extra homepage, and you'll be able to donate. Every donation is matched. Uh, so uh, Baruch Hashem, thanks to our generous donors, our matchers, we're able to to uh, kick off this matching campaign on Sunday. And Be'ezus Hashem, together with all all of Am Yisrael to help, and with everyone together, we'll be able to successfully raise a million dollars, which will, I can't even begin to describe the impact it'll have on Kalal Yisrael. Well, amazing. And I, as Rebbe mentioned, I'm proud to announce that I was persuaded and compelled to make my own team page. The link will be available in the audio description, but it's www.charityextra.com slash pua slash... Uh, slash 31814. So again, charityextra.com slash pua slash 31814. Rabbi Siegelman, I want to thank you for joining us on Real Talk Torah. For those listening, that's um, just about the time we have. Any closing words, Rebbe? I want to thank you for inviting me. I want to thank the listeners for listening. And I want to uh, really, not just for listening, but for for tuning in to something which is life-changing. Um, there are I, I, countless stories of couples that had no hope. They had no, the doctors had told them, you're done, you're not gonna have your own children. Last or two weeks ago, I met with a woman who was in my house two years ago, discussing you know, basically options of not having her own genetic children. And she persevered and, and we worked together. And Baruch Hashem, she has a five-month-old baby that was conceived naturally, absolutely naturally. Wow. The, the, the hashkacha, uh, the, divine, the divine gift that HaKadosh Baruch Hu showers upon Am Yisrael can be just so remarkable. And I, I just, there, there is no end to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's greatness, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's chesed. We need to keep up the good work. We need to keep up our davening. Keep up our tzedakah, keep up our maizim tovim, and be'ezus Hashem, all of Klai Yisrael should have that ultimate tzchos of having their tefillos answered, be, and be and really be zocha, as as we uh, as we always say at Pua, that the Gemara Nida Dafid Gimel says that the Mashiach will come when all of the neshamas leave guf, that that chamber where the neshamas are. So when the neshamas leave guf, that's when Mashiach is going to come. So if we can continue to bring more babies into the world, bring more neshamas out of that chamber then we'll be able to unlock that promise that Hashem says, once there's no more cha- once there are no more neshamas left, Mashiach is coming. So together, by raising money, by raising awareness, by bringing more children into the world, we can really help facilitate B.S. Gold Tzedek. Amen. Amen. So everyone here is what close they have the opportunity to be a part of. So that's about it. So everyone, just keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah. Thank you all for joining us here at the Database.